If you like Area 45, you're going to enjoy the Hoover Institution's other podcasts, Uncommon Knowledge, The Classicist with Victor Davis Hanson, and The Libertarian with Richard Epstein. Subscribe now to the Hoover Podcast at hoover.org slash podcasts. That's hoover.org slash podcasts. Hoover Podcast, ideas defining a free society. Hello, it's Thursday, June the 18th, and welcome back to Area 45, a Hoover Institution podcast examining the policy avenues available to the 45th President of the United States. I'm Bill Whalen, a research fellow here at the Hoover Institution and the Virginia Hobbs Carpenter Fellow in Journalism. My guest today joining us via Zoom is San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner. Mayor Faulkner became the 36th mayor of California's second most populous city in March 2014. He leads America's finest city under a platform he calls One San Diego, an inclusive city government that creates opportunities and improves the lives of all residents in all neighborhoods. Mayor Faulkner has bolstered public safety, expanded parks and libraries across the city. He's prioritized new funding and programs to reduce homelessness, making housing more affordable, all the while growing San Diego's innovative and bidestial economy. Mayor Faulkner, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you on the show. Bill, thank you for having me. Great to be with you. Okay, so let's start the podcast by making some news today. Uh, I worked uh, in a past life, Mayor Faulkner, for a former San Diego mayor who went on to serve eight years as a United States senator, followed by two terms, eight years as California's 36th governor. You know him. His name is Pete Wilson. There is a governor's race in 2022. There is a Senate race in 2022. Would you like today to announce which of those races you plan to run in? <laughs> I appreciate that, Bill. Thank you. Um, uh, no, I am a, I'm laser-focused on everything that we're doing uh, right now and finishing strong, particularly, obviously, with everything with uh, um, with COVID, getting our economy back on track and obviously dealing with all the, uh, uh, the civil unrest issues and, and civil rights issues. But uh, so a full plate. But uh, thank you for the question. OK, so that's a plate. Stay tuned. Then I take it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a very good friend, Mayor Faulkner, who uh, whenever I ask her questions like this, she always says, this is the sound of me hanging up. So. <laughs> Thanks for not hanging up. Well, let's lot, talk. I, I appreciate that. No, a lot, okay. lots going on. Okay, well, let's talk about the business of San Diego. Um, as we speak, uh, Congress is considering policing reforms, which historically is a local issue. Cities and the state drive policing matters, not so much the federal government. Do you welcome Congress getting in on this conversation? If so, what can they do to help your city? Well, I do welcome the conversation. Um, and, and it's a conversation that I've been trying to, to foster, not just here in San Diego, but particularly statewide. Um, and, and I view this through the lens of uh, when it comes to policing, community trust, we always have to be constantly uh, evolving. Best practices uh, today may not be best practices five years from now. Um, as I look back, you know, Bill, when I you know, first started and first got elected mayor, the whole issue of police reform really has been, has been front and center, uh, focusing on transparency, focusing on accountability. My very first day in office, um, brought in a new police chief, our first female police chief in the history of San Diego. Shortly thereafter, we became the largest city to adopt body-worn cameras. Um, that has been a huge uh, difference changer, I believe, not only for the public, but for the officers themselves. And now, of course, that is <clears throat> virtually standard procedure in departments uh, nationwide. Uh, we're continuing the efforts here, here locally, Bill. We, we just announced a couple of weeks ago that we'd be ending the carotid restraint in our police department. Uh, we were quickly uh, joined by not only cities in San Diego County, but you know, Governor Newsom himself said we're going to stop that at the state level. So I'm always going to try to uh, position us as being uh, leaders uh, for doing the right thing. We're working, you know, we're going to have an independent citizens' oversight that we're putting on the ballot here in San Diego. That's a good thing. 
the more oversight, the more folks you can get involved in the watchdog, uh, I think capacity is healthy. Um, because for any police department to be successful, you absolutely have to have the trust of the community that it serves. And so as we invest in our department, which we are doing here in San Diego, I want to make sure that we are hiring and recruiting uh, the best men and women that we can that are, that are reflective of our diverse community, and we train them and give them the tools to, to be successful. So uh, to me, that, that is a constant effort. Um, that is something that you're never finished with. It's always ongoing. Uh, and I think that's the right right approach. So you had unrest in uh, La Mesa uh, recently. I think it was after a video showed a police officer getting physical with a young black man sitting on a park bench. Um, but while you had protests uh, and some rioting, uh, San Diego did not go up in flames. You didn't have a situation um, as bad as Los Angeles, certainly nothing approaching Minneapolis or more recently Atlanta. Uh, why was it limited in San Diego? Well, again, I think we have our, a police department that is, that is highly trained. Um, we continue to listen to the community, engaging folks that are part of the protest, and we welcome peaceful protests. And that was part of my ongoing communication uh, during all that. And again, I think when you look at the training, when you look at the techniques, um, you know, we take decisive action when we need to, to ensure that somebody's not going to be starting fires and some of the things that you've seen in other places. That's very difficult to do. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's the role of our department to facilitate peaceful protests to protect, you know, the folks that are out there uh, exercising their constitutional rights, but also uh, to take swift action against those that are there for other reasons that want to incite violence or or damage things. So it's always going to be an important balance to strike. And I think overall, our department has uh, done a very good job of that. I'm curious, are you watching the events unfold up in Seattle? I have certainly from a from a distance in terms of some of the things that are happening uh, downtown, not only Seattle, but but obviously, you know, as a mayor, you're looking at what's happening in other cities across the country. Right. So I'm curious about, uh, in particular, the, the Chaz situation. Chaz, or now it's called CHOP, which stands for Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. This is a group of uh, activists, protesters, whatever you want to call them, but they have squatted in a part of the city and declared it their own turf. Uh, what if activists did this in the Gaslamp District in San Diego or Horton Plaza or, or Park? What would your reaction be? Yeah, look, I'm going to, I think it's really important, again, back to that uh, community uh, policing uh, the fact that you interact with folks, the fact that you always are going to ensure that you have the rule of law that is followed, that you're protecting neighborhoods, you're protecting businesses, you're protecting protesters. Um, I think we do a pretty good job of that. Um, but you're always you're always on watch. Um, you're always going to make sure, again, that you're striking that uh, that right balance. Uh, but but you have to have that balance. I think you can't let it tilt one way or another, Bill, because um, you're going to see some things that I think overall do not serve. Um, you know, anybody well in the long term. Yeah, let's uh, shift gears now and talk about uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, which before the urban unrest was the, was a lead story uh, in this country. You've had some differences with the state over uh, beach and business reopenings. What what did the state do wrong that um, that got your dander up? Well, we, you know, I've, I've been pretty um, direct, as I am on most things, um, but also saying, look, we, we uh, took this very seriously in the San Diego area. Um, we flattened the curve. And, you know, as I gave daily press conferences and, and updates, and look, we, we were going to work very closely, are working very closely with our county public health officials, let the data uh, dictate 
um, how we do that. Um, and I think that if you do those decisions that are in concert with your public health, that is the right way to go. That's the approach I advocated for uh, in Sacramento uh, was to say, let's not have a one size fits all policy. Let's allow those counties that are doing the right thing that um, you know have seen remarkable progress, give them that flexibility uh, to reopen, to reopen safely, as long as they have the right guidelines and doing all the monitoring, all the precautions. Um, and so that was the approach that that I took. I think that was the, the right approach. Um, again, I'm going to be very vocal on reopening our economy, doing it in the right way. It's not about just going back to normal. It's, it's about going back to the new normal. And so as we have done that in San Diego, for example, um, when we reopened our beaches, um, you know, we developed a plan with lifeguards, with our county public health officials, Bill, and that plan worked. Um, and, and again, when there was talk up in Sacramento about shutting down all beaches, et cetera, uh, I was very vocal and continue to be very vocal about um, let's do it the right way. People need to get back to work. Um, let's you know, give people the opportunity to do the right thing. And I think thus far, uh, as you look at how we have reopened in San Diego, um, again, San Diegans have taken it seriously, are doing the right thing as we have moved into restaurants, opening um, and, and other uh, other businesses, uh, people want to want to get back to work, uh, and we've got to be able to trust them to do the right thing. And I think, by and large, that is happening. Now, when you say vocal, does that mean uh, tweeting to get the governor's attention, press conference, or did you actually pick up the phone and talk to the governor? <laughs> well, look, it's all of the above. I mean, mm -hmm. we've worked. Uh, I'm going to be vocal out with you know with my fellow mayors uh, up and down the state about that. Uh, we sent letters, obviously. We're talking about, you know, the, the advocacy of local control. Our board of supervisors, um, you know, was united with myself on that as well. Um, look, I'm, I'm going to be very vocal for our region, um, but I'm, I'm going to be very vocal because the facts were we were ready to open, ready to reopen safely. And again, as we looked and you followed this, um, you know, we're a big state. We're a big, diverse, great state. Um, but you're going to have different portions of the state going through this, uh, you know, in different phases and stages. And so, again, advocating for not a one-size-fits-all policy, I think, is the thing that makes the most sense. Um, and thus far, that has served us very well, again, in San Diego. And it's, to me, Bill, it's not taking this, not about politics or anything like that. It's, again, let the data be our guide. And all of the metrics that we were seeing in terms of our percentage of positive cases, in terms of our hospital capacity, ICU capacity, PPE, all of the metrics that we follow on a daily basis, we achieved those targets. We're going to keep all of those targets front and center as we continue to reopen because we want to reopen safely. We want to reopen responsibly. And we do not want to give back all of the gains that we have made as a city that we have fought so hard for. Um, that takes constant communication. I'm, I'm out there saying that virtually every day in some form or fashion uh, with our news media because uh, Again, it's, we, we, we can't go back to just how things the way they were. We have to follow all the precautions, do the right thing. When we do that, we're going to put ourselves in the best possible position uh, to get through this and to get through this well. So let's put you in Sacramento. I know I'm not trying to lure you back into 2022, but let's, so let's just pause it. What would Governor Faulkner have done differently? Well, like I said, I, I think, you know, it, 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 now's really not necessarily the time to, you know, I'm not going to uh, look back as well. But what, one of the things that that I've really uh, pushed for, Bill, was was local control. 
mm-hmm. um, because we, we have countywide public health officials, right? And let's mm-hmm. have the facts on the ground. You know, things are different in, in San Diego than they are in L.A. right now, and they're different than they are in the Bay Area. That's to be expected. So let's make sure that we're communicating, working with our, our counties, working with our mayors, again, to give that flexibility and the oversight that allows people to be successful. Um, I think we've seen more of that over the last several weeks. I think that that's been a good thing. And again, what I've been advocating for from the very beginning was let's get clear rules of the road. Let's say what that's going to be based on, what the timing of those are going to be based on, because people want information. They want to be communicated with, uh, even if it's good news or bad news, right? And the more we can be clear about that, I think, again, the more we're going to set ourselves up for long-term success um, and the public wants to do the right thing. Right. So you raise a good point. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but there is the question of whether or not there will be a second wave this fall, which does beg the question of what should California, what should San Diego be doing differently to anticipate what might happen next? Well, I think you're right. You've got to anticipate. Um, and while nobody knows for sure, uh, all of the planning and the preparations, um, the things here, as I said, you, you know, when you're going out to a restaurant, it's different now. Um, that's that's going to be the new normal. Um, you know, employees coming to work with temperature checks. Uh, wearing masks out in public, um, you know, all of the hand sanitizing that has to be how we continue to do business uh, going forward uh, every single day. We, we have not defeated this virus yet. It's going to be with us for a while. And so how do we um, take all of the precautions that we can to keep people safe, um, to reopen our economy? Um, because that's so incredibly important. And so, again, it's not going back to just how things used to be because um, that wouldn't work. Um, it's the new normal that allows us not to give back those gains, to have people act smartly, um, to start, as I said, generating uh, you know, uh, our economy back, people earning a paycheck, um, because it, it has been um, just devastating to see the economic effects uh, of this virus as well. And that is something that um, I deal with not only just on a, on a citywide basis, uh, in terms of our own uh, budget, tax revenue, et cetera, et cetera. But the real life, um, just, you know, significant um, trials and, and, and just bad effects that have happened for so many San Diego families because of this, um, because of this pandemic. And, and these are real people. They, they have been, you know, they have, they, the, the hurt is real. And so, again, I'm going to make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep people safe. Um, but also make sure that we are uh, opening our economy safely and expeditiously um, because we just have to have that for the long term. So I'm curious as to what you see as acceptable risk. I'm in Santa Clara County, the northern end of Silicon Valley. Uh, We are behind the stragglers, I think, when it comes to reopening. I think we're one of about 10 counties right now where you can't get a haircut. Uh, We're just, we're going to be about the last man standing in terms of being shut down, if you will. Um, But as a mayor of a city, now you have a lot of moving parts right now. You have an economy that needs to be restarted. You have an economy that's based in large part on tourism. San Diego is a great convention site. Uh, You also have schools opening up this summer. What's, What's what are you going to do about schools, Mayor Faulkner? Yeah, well, all of the above, Bill, has been has been changing. Um, and I will just tell you, when we, you know, we're we're proud of our tourism and hospitality economy here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the convention groups have just completely shut down—that um, is something that we've never gone through in San Diego. You know, Comic Con, uh, others that, that your listeners may be familiar with. You know, TOT, hotel revenue, is our third largest source of revenue for our city budget behind property tax and sales tax. And so when you completely shut down that, 
that has huge economic impacts, not just to the city budget, but like I said, all of the employees in the hospitality and tourism industry that rely on that uh, to make a living and provide uh, for their families. So um, all of the reopenings, as we talk about safety and getting back, there are real world, not only health impacts, obviously, but but economic impacts. Um, you rightfully point out that the uh, decision was just made here uh, locally by our uh, school superintendent and our school board, uh, which are separate, in, at least in the city of San Diego, um, that will allow parents that choice. They're going to open up the schools so folks can come back for in-school learning. But if those parents want to continue distance learning, they can. Um, that's a choice I support. Um, I think uh, schools can do, and I have been planning on this because I speak with the superintendent quite a bit, Again, going back to how you teach is not going to be the new normal as well in terms of distancing and other, and other precautions. Um, and so I think back to the holistic point and is the, 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 as you started your question, um, it's incredibly important to follow what the facts are in the ground in your county, in your localities, make the decisions in real time um, based upon data. And I think when we do that, and we do that with eyes wide open, again, the, you'll have public buy-in You'll have the, the support of seeing cause and effect. Um, and the more we can do that and communicate, um, I think we will set us up a lot better in this, in this new normal. Uh, I noticed for tourism that your name, your city was not one of the names mentioned when President Trump went shopping for a new convention site. Uh, I assume that's not something you'd want to have happen in San Diego right now. Well, we're not allowing, you know, state doesn't allow us to have large gatherings, as you know. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I just earlier today was uh, meeting with some of our, our hotel industry folks and our convention center folks. I mean, we've had a tremendous amount of convention cancellations. That's hurting us. Um, right. We want to reopen. We want to reopen safely. Um, the plans that are being made to do that are quite extensive. Uh, obviously, we have to get the uh, gating approval from Sacramento to be able to do that. Any county in California hasn't been able to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's... Uh, it's going to be, it's not just important to us in San Diego, actually, to do it right and effectively. It's going to help my friends and neighbors up in you know, San Francisco, the Bay Area, certainly, uh, L.A., Orange County. Uh, we all compete to a certain extent, but it's all, you know, California competitiveness as well for travel and tourism groups. That's a big part of our state's economy. Right. I was just teasing you about the Republican Convention. I think at a time when just emotions are raw and tempers are short, the last thing you need is a bunch of people who don't want to practice social distancing and the assorted you know, attention they drive. I don't think as a mayor, you want that in your town right now. <laughs> well, we are dealing with a lot, that's for sure. This month. <laughs> okay, if we'd done this podcast a year ago, we would have been talking about homelessness. Um, and I want to, you know, have you yeah. talking about your record on that. But um, that sits out there as an issue. You see it occasionally in print talking about, you know, COVID's effect on the homeless population. And it seems to me that when we get past the current drama with, um, with uh, policing, when we get past at some point the, the COVID drama, we're going to come back full circle to homelessness and the question of what to do. So let me put it to you, Mayor Faulkner. Yeah. What, what does California do about homelessness? Well, I think we cannot do things the way that they've always been done, Bill, first and foremost. Um, I've really tried to set both the tone and the reality of, um, of action here in San Diego. And whether it was setting up our, our bridge shelters, uh, which we have done, that have been uh, very successful, whether it's our homeless navigation centers, um, or it's all of the things that we've done, I think in the numbers are showing that we're having a positive effect. Um, we just had our point in time count numbers. Uh, homelessness went down in San Diego, 6% this year. Uh, that mirrors uh, last year as well, that it was down 6%. We still have a lot of work to do. 
Um, but we, we have that balanced approach, which says we're going to have a spot. We're going to help provide services. Uh, but we're also going to insist, uh, you know, that while we have that spot that I don't allow tents on the sidewalk, that is unsafe, unclean. That's, you know, uh, inhumane to allow somebody to live and die on, on the sidewalk. Um, and so I think we've taken the right approach in San Diego that helps people first, always, but also uh, insists that you use that help. Um, and again, we've had a lot of great providers that work with us. I will tell you, we just started talking, we were just talking about the convention center. Uh, during this time, because we couldn't have all of the social distancing that we needed in our bridge shelters, we have opened up our convention center um, to everyone that was homeless in our bridge shelters. And we've actually got 500 folks off the street that weren't in the shelters to begin with. That's been a huge success. It was a success to keep people safe. Um, and I think to date, we have had uh, six positive cases, all asymptomatic in the convention center, uh, where we have 1,300 people there on a daily basis. That's a, that's a tremendous success of keeping everybody safe, monitoring every day, testing. Um, but what's more important to me was that we use this as an opportunity to say, how do we get everybody who's in the convention center, how do we match them with that services, with that voucher, with that permanent supportive housing, mental health, which you and I could talk about for a long time, mm -hmm. and really change the, the dynamic in the paradigm. And so I have under one roof all of our major providers. Uh, we've been working with HUD. The VA is now there. Other folks looking at this is let's get with one goal. How do we get everybody in that convention center matched with help and services and get a place of their own? Um, so far, we have matched, as I said, we have 1,300 folks there. We've matched 500 of them um, with that help and the support that will allow them to transition out. 100 have already been placed. But my goal is all 1,300. And because it's the right thing to do, it's the humanitarian thing to do. And again, it's about action. It's about consequences. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons, again, why um, we have seen that positive momentum in our numbers going down in San Diego vis-a-vis uh, -vis some of the other places in California where, unfortunately, it's going the wrong direction. Right. So Los Angeles, uh, it's going up in San Francisco. I think the numbers are stagnant. It remains about the same. There's just a chronic homeless population. And I don't want you to throw Mayor Garcetti under the bus or Mayor Breed under the bus, but if you could sort of politely suggest to them what needs to be reconsidered, what should those cities be doing differently? Well. Look, every, every mayor has their hands full, and right, every, every city has its own unique uh, challenges, to your point. Um, I do know what's been effective here in San Diego. And in fact, we've had over 30 cities, Bill, that have come to visit uh, the system that we put in place, how we do it, how we work with our providers, how we work with our, you know, I felt so strongly about it. We have a new neighborhood policing division that is out there helping uh, with the first encounter with our providers or anybody out there is, how can I get you in the shelter tonight? How, do, how can I get you that bed? Um, and, and so there's, you know, we could probably talk about this topic for, for an hour, but you have to have the political will, which I think we certainly have down here. Um, and as I said before, you have to match that. Um, you have to match the services, but also saying we need you to, we need you to use those services. And so sleeping out in front of somebody's house or in front of somebody's business uh, when there's a shelter or bed available should not and will not be acceptable. 
Okay, I'm going to close this uh, podcast with one last question. This is another topic, and I hope we can have you back on another day to explore us further. But that's the state of the California Republican Party. Uh, there's a Fox News poll out today showing the president trailing by 10 points nationwide here in California. He did the worst for Republicans since Alf landed in 1936. The California Republican Party is now third party status. It trails both Democrats and declined to states. What I know is jamming you with a big question and just a few minutes left, but you know, how do you turn around that ship? Well, it's, it's, look, it's a topic that I that I, I absolutely don't shy away from, and 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 have been talking about it statewide. Um, I, I'd like to think um, there's a a specific uh, brand of California Republican. I think that um, when we when we phrase things not so much, Bill, in, in terms of partisanship, but common sense, when we talk about the reforms that we've made here and. In San Diego, what we're doing with homelessness, um, I think that makes sense whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or an independent. Um, you know, what we've done on fiscal reform, pension reform, and others in San Diego, uh, it works. Uh, we're proud of the environment in California as Republicans, the work that we've been doing on our climate action plan here, um, you know, so many other things. I think that there is a, um, there is an opportunity for us in California and the Republican Party to talk about these type of successes, to be in a party bill that is very inclusive, that says we can't be successful as a party unless we are inclusive, our state is inclusive. Uh, and when we do that, more so than just rhetoric, but in our actions, and how you know I've tried to do that as a mayor in terms of one San Diego, uh, I think that serves our party well. I think it serves cities and the state well. Uh, and I think it makes for more uh, competitive races of ideals uh, and in terms of policies, because um, we need that competition in California. Uh, we need to focus on some of the reforms that I think have been lacking. And so I'm happy to come back in another opportunity uh, and just get into this topic um, uh, exclusively, because I think um, there's a lot of opportunity for success for all of the right reasons. Uh, and when we look at it through that lens and from that prism, I'm actually very optimistic for the future. So final question for you, Mayor Faulkner. Uh, you're about to step down from office. Um, just give us the lead paragraph on your legacy. I'll, I'll let others uh, do that for me. Um, and I've, I've, got, I've got five months here to finish strong. We've, we just talked about we've got a lot going on. Um, but I will tell you my approach has been one, uh, you know, getting back to that, that topic. Um, that we just finished on is, is really to try to set a tone of, of common sense, to try to set a tone of action, to try to set a tone of being good on what we're supposed to be doing in government, whether that's, you know, maybe more streets than we ever have as a city, basic things like that, libraries and rec centers, you know, their highest level, um, all spending tax dollars wisely, particularly when we were on a city that was on the verge of bankruptcy. So I'd like to think I, I brought some, um, common sense, some real actions, and, and really some reforms that I think are uh, uh, were necessary and will serve this city very well into the future. But as I said before, I'll have plenty of time to worry about legacy, and I usually leave that to others to decide anyway. Well, I'll tell you what, let's do a couple more podcasts in the future. And uh, the last time I checked, the airlines do run nonstop from San Diego to San Jose and San Francisco. Why don't you come visit the Hoover Institution, do a roundtable with us and do a podcast and you know share ideas and thoughts with the fellows? I'll tell you what, that's the deal. Uh, count me in and let's uh, let's look to do something this summer. That'd be great. Thank you. Sounds good, Mayor Faulkner. Thanks for the conversation and uh, best of luck in the city. Well, all, all the best. Look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, bye-bye.
You've been listening to Area 45, a Hoover Institution podcast on the policy avenues available to the 45th president of the United States, or in this case, I guess we're Area 36, since we've been talking to Kevin Faulkner, the 36th mayor of San Diego. If you've been enjoying Area 45, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, and tell your friends to have a listen. You can find the Hoover Institution online at www.hoover.org. While you're there, do yourself a favor and sign up for the Hoover Daily Report, which delivers the best work of Hoover's fellows straight to your inbox weekdays. The Hoover Institution has Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Our Twitter handle is at HooverInst. That's spelled at Hoover, I-N-S-T. Mayor Kevin Faulkner is on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Kevin underscore Faulkner. Faulkner is spelled F-A-U-L-C-O-N-E-R, at Kevin underscore Faulkner. If you want to read more about what's going on in the city of San Diego, you can go to the government website, and that address is www.sandiego.gov, sandiego.gov. For the Hoover Institution, this is Bill Whalen. We'll be back soon with another installment of Area 45. Until then, stay safe and stay healthy, and we'll do our best here at the Hoover Institution to help you stay informed. Take care. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution, where we advance ideas that define a free society. For more information about our work and to hear more of our podcasts or see our video content, please visit hoover.org.